morning comes from St. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, and can be found on page 1527 in your pew Bible. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy times seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. As the servant fell on his knees before him, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master, he took pity on him, and he canceled the debt, and he let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and he begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And we pray this often. We pray this at the end of our meetings. We pray this at the end of our Bible classes. And of course, we pray this during our service on Sunday. 
We actually have two readings today that demonstrate the meaning of the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. The Old Testament reading from Genesis is this morning in a, it, it, it represents it in a very positive way. The gospel lesson demonstrates this meaning in a negative way. As our gospel begins today, Jesus has been teaching about forgiveness. Peter wanted to know if there was some sort of upper limit to forgiveness. So he asked the question, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And it is very likely that Peter thought that he was being quite generous with his seven times. And after all, don't we say three strikes and you're out, right? Surely seven ought to be plenty. And nevertheless, Jesus taught that it was not enough. He actually raised Peter's estimate by an order of magnitude. Jesus said to Peter, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Okay, so before anyone breaks out a spreadsheet or a database on your computer so that you will know when someone sins against you for the 490th time, consider this. In the Old Testament, God was patient with his people, wasn't he? Let me show you. He was so patient with his people that for 70 Sabbath years, that is 70 times 7 years, that's the amount of time that God worked with his people, Israel, before he allowed Babylon to conquer them. And even then, even then he preserved his people during the Babylonian exile instead of destroying them, and that's what they deserved. They deserved destruction. And he even returned those people to the promised land after how many years, do you think? Seventy after 70 years. This is the forgiveness that God gives to us and through us. I wonder if Jesus wanted to remind Peter that God's forgiveness to the nation Israel extended to 70 times seven years of patience and beyond. In reality... Jesus is not telling us to forgive 490 times. And he's not even telling us to forgive 490 years worth of sins. He is simply telling us to forgive and to never, ever stop. Jesus further illustrates this idea with a parable. And in this story, there's a king, and this king is auditing his books, and he discovers that one of his servants 
owes him 10,000 talents. And that is a lot of money for a king. And when I first preached this parable many years ago, in silver, this was about $120 million, give or take 10 or 20 million. And the price of silver has gone up since then. And, and now, just from my calculations, I should have had Tracy and David help me, but it comes out to about $280 million in today's silver price. It was $23 uh, and some odd cents uh, on Friday per ounce. This is an outrageous sum of money. It's a sum that could never be repaid in several lifetimes, $280 million. And the king decided to sell the servant and his family into slavery and to confiscate their belongings. He had the right to do that. But this would not make up the tremendous debt. But it sure would send a message. It would set an example and in an act of desperation, we read that the servant threw himself at the king's feet and he made this totally outrageous promise. Did you hear it? He said, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Now the king knew that this was an impossible promise. The servant clearly, he was insane with grief over the situation that he found himself in, and he's not thinking or speaking rationally. So the king responded by doing something that no earthly king would ever do. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. The king simply forgave a debt of what it would equate to today as millions Hundreds of millions of dollars. So, how did the servant respond? Jesus continued the story, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him out, saying, Pay! What you owe me. In modern day terms, a hundred denarii would be about a hundred days' pay. For a person making about $55,000 a year, that would be $21,000. And this is not a lot of money, not an outrageous amount when you consider. Uh, a home loan or a car loan. There's lots that are bigger than that. Some people owe more than that on their credit cards. But even so, our foreign servant grabbed this other servant by the throat. He threatened him with physical violence. And in addition, when his fellow servant begged for patience, he had him arrested and thrown in prison. Now the grapevine worked back then just as well as it works today. And the news of this servant's action quickly made it back to the king. 
We read that then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. 280 million equivalent today, several lifetimes to pay that debt. And then Jesus went to close the story with the following warning. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So the meaning of this story is fairly clear. First of all, the huge debt that the king forgave reminds us of the debt that we owe to God for our sins. And just as the servant owed a debt he could never repay, so also we do owe God a sin debt that we cannot ever pay. And the fact is, even though we try our best, our sin debt only increases. Martin Luther said this, we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. But God does not punish us. The king in our story absorbed the servant's debt into his finances. In a similar way, God absorbed the debt of our sin into himself. That is, he sent his own son, Jesus, to pay the debt that we owed. And we know that Jesus paid the cruel debt on a cross. Jesus Christ, the King, he endured the death of a criminal in order to pay the debt that we owed him. And as lavish and as generous as the King in today's gospel, Jesus' sacrifice for our sin is truly infinitely greater. And we know that the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross actually did pay for our sin because the grave was unable to hold him. Because he had satisfied our sin death, that is that death no longer had power over him. And he rose from the dead and proclaimed his victory to his disciples. That means our sin debt is truly gone. Now, if Jesus had stopped the parable right there, the story would be wonderful. It'd be great. We could confess our great sin debt to him and know that for the sake of his suffering and his death and his resurrection, our sins are forgiven and we owe God nothing. That's really good news. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus went on to describe how the servant responded to this great and generous act of grace and of mercy. Did the incredible mercy and grace of his 
generous master flow through him to his fellow servant? No, it did not. The forgiven servant was the exact opposite of his Lord. He began to choke the man out, and he eventually had the man arrested. And with this action, he rejected everything that his gracious and merciful king had done for him. He rejected the billions, if it was gold, the $280 million of forgiveness that his king in favor of a debt of less than $10,000. Think about the disparity. $21,000. $21,000 was what the servant owed the servant. $280 $280 million is what the servant owed the king. By rejecting the plea of mercy from his fellow servant, he rejected the forgiveness he once had from his king. He found that out the hard way. Now, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus said in Matthew 5, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, this is impossible. For the natural man. Because we enjoy grudges a little too much. And even though anger and malice and spite and revenge and all the other aspects of an unforgiving heart will eat us alive from the inside out, we still enjoy nursing a grudge. And that is the reason the cross is so important. For it is Only at the cross that we receive the lavish, the generous, outrageous forgiveness of Jesus Christ. It is that forgiveness that frees us from our destructive desire to nurse that grudge. Today's Old Testament reading gives us a wonderful example of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of Joseph. Joseph looked forward to salvation that God promised to Adam and Eve and to his great-grandfather Abraham. And he looked forward to the seed that would crush the serpent's head. And by that faith, Joseph saw God's hand at work even when his brothers sold him into slavery. His brothers had hoped that a life of slavery would kill Joseph. But Joseph loved and forgave them. And by his faith in coming, in the coming Messiah, Joseph freely and lovingly forgave his brothers. And today in the sacrament of the altar, Jesus Christ himself gives us his true body and his blood in order to strengthen our faith. And it is through his pres- this precious sacrament that he gives us a foretaste of the true and perfect reconciliation that we will enjoy around his throne in heaven. It is here that we join together with all the hosts in heaven, including our loved ones who have gone before us and receive these precious gifts in with and under the bread and the wine of this sacrament. 
And while we live in this world, we live in in a war zone. We are at the same time both saints and sinners. And one of the battles in that war pits our natural desire to nurture and a grudge against our holy desire to forgive. And only the reconciliation with God that Jesus provided through his death on the cross, only through that perfect death on the cross, that we will receive victory. And once again, we see that God does all of the work. It is his forgiveness working through us in word and sacrament that forgives our brother. It is his forgiveness that gives us victory. It is his forgiveness that reconciles us with God and with our brother forever. In the name of Jesus, amen.